It's official like a referee's whistle. The Raiders now have a general manager. We'll talk about who it is and what he brings to the table. All that plus a whole lot more on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for January 24th, 2024. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. As always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you. We appreciate my man Ari. Ari does a great job each and every day making sure we're on YouTube. We're looking good and we're sounding good. So shout out to him. Check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can hit me up as well at your boy Q254. I got the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line wide open like some old school TV antennas. 707-654-4693. And please believe plenty of feedback on Tuesday as we found out officially who the Raiders GM is going to be. Not Champ Kelly, not Ed Dodds, but one Tom Telesco. So clearly there's a lot of feedback about that coming up in segment number three, plus the quarterback conversation we've been having here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Speaking of the quarterback conversation, we'll continue that in segment number two. We'll take a little, little different look, a little different angle, right? We'll kind of go into a deeper film study side of things. Ted Wynn from The Athletic was part of my radio show on Tuesday and does a great job doing film study. And uh, he joined the show and uh, talked about a few different quarterbacks, a few different styles, and even talked about Aiden O'Connell. So want you to hear just another angle of the quarterback conversation. Again, I want to be very transparent on this. I have my favorites. I have the guys that I'd like to see representing in the silver and black, but that doesn't mean that I'm exclusively stuck on those guys. I'm very willing and open to listening to others and uh, hearing what they've got to say and the reasoning behind it. It's not one of those things. It's my way or the highway. It's just my preference. But again, I want to explore all options as I think the Raiders need to do the same thing. So we'll do that coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, as we always do. And when it comes down to the news and notes of the day, you know, it's all about the GM and the head coach. Now that they're both in place in Tom Telesco as a general manager and Antonio Pierce as the head coach. Before we get into any of that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of today's show, which is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So finally, owner Mark Davis, President Sandra Douglas Morgan, board member Larry Delson, Senior Vice President, Director of Football Administration Tom Delaney, advisor Ken Herrick, and former player Richard Seymour have come to an agreement on who they want for the, the powers to be, the general manager and the head coach. Of course, the head coach was announced on Friday as Antonio Pierce. Uh, that was something that Raider Nation was pretty excited about and fired up about. On Monday, we found out that Tom Telesco, formerly of the Chargers, uh, was coming in for a second interview. Talked about it on Tuesday's show that it came down to a three-headed monster where coming out of the weekend, it was a two-headed monster between Dodds and Champ Kelly. And then all of a sudden, Tom Telesco was thrown back into the mix. It became official on Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, as a matter of fact. Tom Telesco is the guy. The Raiders put out a piece saying Tom Telesco has been named general manager of the Raiders. He becomes the fifth general manager in franchise history. He enters his 29th year in the NFL after spending the last 11 seasons as the GM of the Chargers. During his time in San Diego and L.A., he helped guide the team to three playoff appearances and two postseason victories. He's also drafted six players in the first round. They went on to be selected for a Pro Bowl with the team in Jason Verrett, 
Melvin Gordon, Joey Bosa, Derwin James Jr., Justin Herbert, and Rashawn Slater. And in 2022, Telesco constructed a roster that featured eight former Pro Bowlers who were acquired by draft, trades, or free agency. It goes on to give a little bit more background on Telesco. Prior to, prior to joining the Chargers, he spent 15 seasons with the Colts, serving as the Vice President of Football Operations, Director of Player Personnel, Director of Pro Scouting, a Pro Scout, and an Area Scout. Telesco was involved in Colts draft that selected four-time Pro Bowl running back Edrin James, five-time Pro Bowler Reggie Wayne, seven-time Pro Bowler Dwight Freeney, and four-time Pro Bowl quarterback Andrew Luck. During his time in Indy, the Colts played in two Super Bowls, won eight division titles, and appeared in playoffs 12 times. He began his NFL career as a scouting assistant for the Panthers back in 95, where he served for two seasons before he became an area scout in 97. He also worked as a summer intern for the Buffalo Bills from 91 to 94. I remember those years. I was in high school. <laughs> so Tom Telesco was already working in the NFL, and your boy was still in high school. But I say that all, and I went through that whole press or, or the press release just to let you know and give you a little bit of background on Telesco because most people uh, really just remember him as the Chargers GM, and most people remember the Chargers' failures. Most of people remember the Chargers giving up 63 points to the Raiders and then both Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley, the head coach, getting fired. Most people remember Anthony Lynn. Most people remember Ken Wisenhunt, right? Most people remember the failures of the Chargers and think, I don't know about this Tom Telesco guy, but he is responsible for a lot of the talent that has been brought into the, the Chargers organization. The problem with the Chargers is they haven't been able to put it together. Uh, he's not done a very good job hiring head coaches, which is a good thing that Antonio Pierce is already in place. So it's funny. We talked about a lot on the, the podcast that the Raiders were going to hire the GM, then put the then he was going to hire the head coach and then move from there. Well, with Tom Telesco and his uh, his history of hiring coaches, maybe it's a good thing that the Raiders went out of order. Maybe it's a good thing that they went and hired the head coach first and then brought Telesco in just to go ahead and be the guy that does the talent evaluating, right? Figures out the free agents, figures out who they're going to try to uh, go get uh, by way of trade. And of course, most importantly, the draft. And I mean, if you go back and look at the history of all his draft classes, a lot of it's a lot of top heavy, right? The first couple of rounds, he's done really well. Like in the third round, he picked up Keenan Allen. Obviously, that worked out really well. Outside of that, you know, he's had a little bit of success later in, in the draft, not a whole lot. So clearly in the first round where the Raiders haven't had success, Tom Telesco has. Now you can look at his latest pick in Quentin Johnston, who's actually a friend of mine, a guy who went to Temple High. I covered him at Temple High uh, back in Temple, Texas. It didn't work out, uh, you know, and I think that Quentin Johnson still has an opportunity to be really good. He selected him number 17 overall to be that weapon for Justin Herbert, that big time uh, threat. And he's just had a, uh, an opportunity to make plays and he hasn't made the plays because I feel like he's lost a lot of confidence. You know, putting a couple balls on the ground, that'll cause that to happen. So uh, we'll see at some point if he breaks out of that or if that just happens to be who he is. But I think that the idea behind the drafting of him was really a good one because again the big playability is what the Chargers were looking for if you look at the dynamic of the wide receivers between Keenan Allen Mike Williams all of a sudden you add a Quentin Johnson he doesn't have to be wide receiver one he's just got to be able to make big plays uh, at opportunities you know stretch the field and go make that play like he did at TCU or even going back to high school problem is guys got injured like they always get injured with the Chargers and all of a sudden Quentin Johnson was like well they got to make him the number one wide receiver and obviously that was too much for him to handle it's unfortunate He's a good kid. I hope that he figures it out. I uh, just hope he doesn't figure it out against the Raiders because that's not what you want because he can be a really good player. But uh, with all that being said, GMs are going to miss and GMs are going to hit. 
And, you know, Tom Telesco, at least in the first round, has hit more times than he hasn't. So that's something to be pretty confident about. And, you know, the thing is, what it boils down to, and as I read that press release, it all comes down to the experience. I believe the experience was the the biggest deciding factor. I also think that Dodds uh, probably played a role in, in, and I think he's going to end up in L.A. with the Chargers. I think Justin, uh, not Justin, excuse me, Jim Harbaugh is going to end up in L.A. with the Chargers as well with Justin Herbert. Uh, but I think that Dodds is going to end up going with him. And I'm pretty sure that Dodds didn't want to hold on to Champ Kelly, right? From everything that I understood, uh, Dodds wasn't a big fan of Champ Kelly, right? And there was a divide in the room. Some wanted Dodds, some wanted to do with Champ Kelly. And I just don't think that Dodds wanted to roll that way. So I think that he kind of just said, yeah, well, I'll go ahead and wait. And then when things kind of heated up with uh, the Chargers and Jim Harbaugh, he probably said, hey, look, I'm good. I'm good. I can go do this with Jim. Uh, that was a guy that he was always kind of tied at the hip with anyway, even though it wasn't exclusive, like he has to go with Jim Harbaugh. You just knew they had familiarity. So I'll, I'll expect them to make some announcement in L.A. that Dodds is going to be the GM there of the Chargers and Jim Harbaugh will be the head coach sooner rather than later. And maybe by the time you're listening to this, that's what's actually happening. But what we're here for, the purposes we're here for is the Raiders. A lot of people ask me about Champ Kelly. What does that mean for him? Well, he's currently under contract. With the silver and black. I know for a fact he has one year left on his deal. Uh, you know, he's there as the assistant GM. Um, maybe Telesco wants to keep him on as the assistant GM. I think it'd be a good idea since he's already familiar with the roster. He's familiar with the team. He kind of knows what's going on on the ins and outs. But that's for Telesco to come up with. That's with the rest of the front office to come up with. And on top of that, let's not forget that's for Champ Kelly to come up with as well. Right? He might look at it and say, look, I was up for the GM job. I rode side by side with AP. Uh, helped him get to that 5-4 and four record, went out and got the players that I felt like he needed, went out and got the players that he felt like he needed, and we did this thing together. Now, all of a sudden, I'm on the outside looking in, or I'm just the assistant GM stuck in that spot. So he might feel some kind of way and say, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And honestly, I wouldn't blame him at all. I know with my personality and, and my attitude, you know, I might not just be like, all right, I'm out, but I would be like, all right, six months, I'm gone. That's what I did when I was in Central Texas, right? Uh, when I was the program director and uh, I was the interim pro program director and then they hired a guy that I knew wasn't very good, I said immediately, all right, I'm out of here. Six months, right? Starting January 1, six months, I'm out of here. I'm out of here by June 1st. And I got hired in Vegas by June 11th. So I was very focused to get up out of there because I just knew that it ain't going to work. That's not what I want. I've already had a taste of it and I don't want to go backwards. And that's what Champ Kelly could easily do. And if he does, I wish him the best. I think that he's a, a hell of a dude. I know that he's very well respected around the league. I also know that the job that he uh, applied for and, well, interviewed for, I should say, with the Panthers has already been filled. So that's not there. So it might be smarter for him to stay on as assistant GM and, you know, continue to work the magic. And like I said, I know he's got one year left on the deal. So maybe by the time that that one year is up and the next cycle comes around, maybe he gets another job opportunity. I don't know. That's not for me to decide. But whatever it is, I know Champ Kelly is a hell of a dude. I do know that, and I do wish him the best. And I think that he's going to land on his feet, whether he stays with the Raiders for a year or if he decides to just, you know, I'm, I'm good, I'll go out, I'll sit it out, and then I'll, I'll get back into it uh, next season with some team. Like, whatever he decides to do, I think he's going to be just fine because that's just kind of how he's built. So uh, that's the latest and the greatest when it comes to Dodds, when it comes to Champ Kelly, and now Tom Telesco is officially 
the GM of the Silver and Black. So I'm sure you want to know a lot more details about him, and I'll get those details. Matter of fact, we'll get those details this afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific time. There is a press conference with both Ed, uh, Ed Dodds, with uh, both uh, Tom Telesco and Antonio Pierce. It's going to be in the Raiders Theater Room uh, at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. So the media is supposed to be there at 1230. So that's where I'll be. Now I'm going to be up against it. I'm going to be pushing it because my radio show starts at 2. The press conference is at 1. Now, the facility's not far from the house, so I got that going for me. But I'm going to be pushing it, right? I just I don't think it's right that I'm not there uh, for the presser. I wasn't there for the last one when Ziegler and McDaniels was present because it started at 2, and obviously I wasn't going to be able to squeeze that one in. But uh, given a little bit of wiggle room, I think I could pull it out, so we'll try. But I want to be able to get as many answers and bring as much information back to the podcast and load you up with all the information you need to know when it comes to Tom Telesco, when it comes to Antonio Pierce, when it comes to the direction that the team is moving forward. But official like a referee's whistle, and we'll find out, like I said, the press conference will be at 1 o'clock this afternoon at the one at the uh, Intermountain Health Performance Center uh, inside the Raiders Theater Room. And, of course, uh, you can hear that on Raider Nation Radio 920 Live. That'll be during the J. T. The Brick Show and of course Raiders.com they always put it out on their website as well so they'll be streaming it live where you can actually see the video. Coming up in segment number two going to switch our conversation back to the quarterback conversation. That's something that is a hot and heavy conversation around here and amongst Raider Nation in general right and so we're going to take another look at it. We're going to take another angle from a film study side of things with Ted Wynn from The Athletic does a great job with film breakdown. He joined my radio show on Tuesday and I got a few sound bites that I want you to hear coming up in segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the, daily, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, you against the numbers. That's it. You're not going up against players, pros, sharks, none of that. You pick more than or less than the two to six player stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in. It's just like that. It's just that simple. They have combo projections, so you could pick NFL players. You could pick basketball, but obviously you got to get on that quick, fast, in a hurry as the championship weekend is coming up this weekend in the NFL, and the NBA is, well, it's getting down the stretch, right? You're seeing coaches fired even though their team is in second place, like the Milwaukee Bucks fired their head coach on Tuesday, even though they're in second. Like, that's wild, but that's the NBA. That's when you know it's getting closer to the time when they really start making that push towards the playoffs. So if you're going to do a combo pack, you want to pick a, a NFL player and an NBA player, you better get on it right away. Also, Prize Picks offers a reboot policy. Your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Football, basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return to the second, that player is rebooted just like that. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance policy. Right now, all you got to do is check it out. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepix.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to continue with the quarterback conversation, but I want to you know explore it from a different angle. Don't want to always go with the same approach or go with the same guys that I'm looking at. or you know I like to get other people's opinions. I think that that's good because it makes the conversation better. It doesn't allow it to be stale. Uh, it brings new ideas in it, and it really kind of helps everyone be a part of the conversation. So on a Tuesday, Ted Wynn from The Athletic does a really good job of film breakdown. You can actually check him out on Twitter at FB underscore 
film analysis, does a great job of film breakdown. He's one of my go-to guys when it comes to film work. He joined the show, wanted to ask him about offensive coordinators as the Raiders are kind of you know bringing in a lot of different guys. They're uh, interviewing these different guys to find out who's going to be the next offensive coordinator, who's going to lead the charge on that offense that needs to be a lot better than it was in 2023. So obviously the quarterback position is a lot of the conversation. But uh, in this that you'll hear, I bring up Aiden O'Connell, talk about the Raiders offense, talk about quarterbacks with mobility, and even bring up Justin Fields. And I think that you'll enjoy uh, what Ted has to say in all those different subjects. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Off top, I asked Ted about the Raiders offense, what he saw the last nine games, because that's what really matters, right? The first eight weeks while Josh McDaniels was still the head coach, we know what it was. It was three and five, and it was very underwhelming. Right. And then he gets fired and then AP comes in. So I kind of look at it as a tale of two seasons. So let's just judge it based off that. Plus, Aiden O'Connell was able to get to start the last nine games. So uh, here's Ted on the Raiders offense, the last nine games, plus a follow up about Aiden O'Connell specifically. Here he is, Ted Wynn from The Athletic. So when you look at this Raiders offense and you saw what it was the last nine games under Antonio Pierce, you saw the strengths, you saw the weaknesses. What do they have to do, Ted, in your opinion, just to kind of get this offense jump started? Um, I think they need to be more consistent on the offensive line. Obviously, um, you know, Bo Hardigree did the best he could, and I think he was kind of thrust into his position. He wasn't really ready. Um, so just a, a, a better, um, I think, systematic attack, a better sequencing attack uh, will work for this offense. And, you know, I think the Raiders are going to try to do their best to uh, upgrade at quarterback, but it's no guarantee picking where they are. Uh, picking right now, and uh, if Aiden O'Connell is the quarterback moving forward, and I thought he did some nice things this year, and he's going to get better in his second year, um, I think he really fits into that kind of Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay mold, where he can't execute those plays with the rhythm, timing, and accuracy. So I, I'd be interested to see how uh, O'Connell would work in um, you know a, a McVay-Shanahan system, which is why uh, Waldron and um, Robinson were two interesting names for me. I'm with you. I think he did a really good job in the nine games that he started under Antonio Pierce. You continue to see him get better. What kind of system? I mean, I know you mentioned Zach Robinson of the Rams, but what kind of system do you think needs to be built around Aiden O'Connell for him to thrive as a franchise quarterback? Yeah, I think that outside zone, kind of modern West Coast Shanahan McVay system would really fit his skills very well. I mean, you know, I think he can be a Kirk Cousins type of quarterback uh, he's not going to be, you know, he's not that mobile. He's not going to make guys miss and extend plays. But uh, I, I think he's a very ac- accurate passer. I think his accuracy is almost elite. You know, I, when he has a clean pocket, he makes some very, very tough throws into tight windows. Um, he doesn't have the strongest arm, but it, it's not weak at the same time. Uh, and I think he saw a strong foundation as far as football IQ. Uh, that you can build off of. And, um, you know, to me, maybe he'll never be an elite guy, but if you build the right team around him, I think, you know, he can be a productive quarterback. So there you go. There's Ted Wynn from The Athletic. And, you know, I think he's had some really good things to say about Aiden O'Connell. And, you know, especially because I've been talking a lot about mobility and we all know that Aiden O'Connell is not a very mobile guy. And let me say this before we go on, because people get this twisted and get it misconstrued, and I don't want that to happen. I have nothing against Aiden O'Connell. Like, just because I think that the Raiders could upgrade and they can do better doesn't mean I don't like somebody, right? If I don't like a guy because of him and who he is or I think he stinks as a player, I'll come out and say, I don't like that guy. I think he stinks as a player. That's what I'll say. 
That is not the case when it comes to Aiden O'Connell. I want to say that as slow as possible so everyone understands because I get hit up so many times with people saying, I don't know why you're hating on Aiden O'Connell. Why don't you like him? It's not that I don't like him. I think he's good. I think he did some good things. You heard Ted right there talk about some good things that he did. He's inconsistent. He was inconsistent in college. That was one of the knocks on him coming out of Purdue. And personally, just for my money, I think he's a backup quarterback. But that's okay. There were 60-something quarterbacks that played in 2023. There's 32 teams. You know what that means? Multiple quarterbacks played for just about every team in the league. Now, not every team, but some teams had like three or four quarterbacks. Some had five quarterbacks play in 2023. A backup quarterback is not bad. And the good thing about Aiden O'Connell, he's shown that he can win a game. He can win multiple games. Right? I mean, he led the charge the last nine games of the season under AP and went five and four. And he got better. So, you know, just like you heard Ted say, the situation has to be perfect. Like, it's got to be built around him. Now, I, I was intrigued. I'm not going to lie. I was intrigued by the scheme and the system that Ted said, yeah, if you put this around Aiden O'Connell, it'll probably thrive and be really good. The Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan uh, scheme, that would be awesome. If you can imagine a Kyle Shanahan led offense with the Raiders or a Sean McVay led offense with the Raiders. I'm good with that. And Ted thinks that Aiden O'Connell's a really good fit for that. That's very encouraging, right? That's very encouraging. But at the same time, we know that the mobility is still a lack of mobility. Again, not talking about a runner, not talking about a thousand yard guy, not necessarily talking about a guy that can be willing and able when need be. As a matter of fact, that was the next thing I asked and talked to Ted about was quarterbacks with mobility. I explained myself and get Ted's thoughts as well. Here's Ted from The uh, Athletic talking all things quarterbacks with mobility. One of the things that I've been talking about quite a bit is is mobility, and, and I'd like to see a quarterback with mobility. Not necessarily a 1,000 yards from Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson-like, but just a guy that's willing and able right, to get out of there, pick up a first down here and there. How important do you think that is in, in this day and age of football? Oh, it's extremely important. I mean, you know, you, you look at um, the top quarterbacks in AFC, and uh, they're, they're guys that uh, could extend plays and, and create those second reaction type of plays. If you don't have those guys, you, you need to have a perfect system around them. And, I mean, th- this weekend is a perfect example of that. You know, you look at Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen or, or Lamar Jackson, and, you know, the offenses around those guys aren't perfect. They don't have – you know, amazing offensive lines this year. The Chiefs' tackles are really bad, and um, the, the the Ravens are rotating. You know, they're rotating tackles, so it, it's not an ideal offensive line. But they find ways to win games because they extend plays, they create plays on their own. Um, and then you look at the NFC side, and you have Brock Purdy and Jared Goff, who are playing very well uh, overall, but they have all-star caps around them and elite play callers. So. When you don't have that guy that can create for himself, you need to build a very, very strong foundation around them. And it's just two different approaches. Obviously, it's easier when you have that guy because on years where you don't have an all-star cast around him like what the Chiefs have right now, that guy can still elevate your offense. So there's Ted right there, and you heard what he said, like how critical it is. It's so important to have the mobility, to have the, the ability and the willingness to do that. Because if everything is not perfect, if the offensive line is not perfect, if the weapons around you are not perfect, if the scheme is not perfect, you've got to be able to have a guy that also can create, that can make some things happen when things break down. And that, when I look at the Raiders and I look at offensive line is not perfect. We know that. 
right? The weapons, they have weapons there, obviously, with Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Michael Mayer, and, you know, the running backs, Amir White, hopefully Josh Jacobs comes back, right? The weapons are there, but is it enough with the scheme and whoever the offensive play caller is going to be, is it enough to be able to say, all right, this guy could just sit back in the pocket. They're going to protect the hell out of him. He's going to be able to pinpoint it around the yard. Like, that's the big question. And that's why I look at Aiden O'Connell and say, yeah, I think the Raiders need to upgrade. Again, it's not a shot at him. Not saying that he did anything bad. He just is who he is, right? I think the things are instinction, like it's, it's instinctive or it's not. You either have those instincts or you don't, right? It's just, it's just one of those things. And so that's all I'm really talking about. But you hear what Ted's talking about when it comes to mobility and how important he thinks it is in football in 2024. Final soundbite that I want you to hear from Ted Wynn from The Athletic, who was a guest on my radio show on t- Tuesday, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, is about Justin Fields. And that's because it looks like Caleb Williams is probably going to be the number one overall pick. If I was Chicago, I'd pick him. So most likely they're going to trade Justin Fields. I'm not 100% sold on Justin Fields. Matter of fact, I'm not even like 75% sold on Justin Fields because I just don't know who he's going to be or what he's going to be. But he does have legs, but does he have an arm, right? I mean, you want him to be able to, to, to throw the ball around the yard. If you got guys like Devontae, Jacoby, Michael Mayer, you want guys, you want a quarterback that's going to be able to hit him. There's going to be, there'd be nothing more frustrating to see Justin Fields throwing the ball to Devontae and overthrowing him or underthrowing him or bouncing the ball to him or throwing it behind him. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to have a guy that knows that's a dude out there. I can get that ball to that dude every time. You know, 17 is going to get open. I'm going to hit him. So here's my question to Ted Wynn about, you know, Justin Fields and him being a franchise quarterback and what he believes Fields can be. Here he is, Ted Wynn from The Athletic. What would you think in general of Justin Fields? Like, he looks like Caleb Williams is probably going to end up being the draft pick by the Bears, number one overall. What do you think the ceiling for Justin Fields? Is this guy a franchise quarterback, or is he just kind of like a good quarterback? It, it's still unknown. I mean, obviously his ceiling's high because we've seen some of his, his, his peaks are very, very high. Uh, but, you know, we've seen him play very bad, and we just haven't seen very consistent play from him. But I thought this year you, you see his progression as a passer. He's starting to get rid of the ball faster, you know, checking down the ball. Obviously, still needs to anticipate things better, but there was improvement in that area. And I think – if you build the right system around him, he can be a very productive quarterback. I mean, to me, the difference between Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts isn't that different. I mean, I watched a lot of Jalen Hurts this year, and there's a lot of things that he struggles with as a passer moving past his first read. But the system in Philadelphia was very good when Shane Steichen was offense coordinator there. They have a very good uh, option game, a very good RPO game. You have A.J. Brown, who you know they could throw to, and then you have Devontae Smith. There's so many things you have to worry about. And, and he's a different type of system quarterback, um, and I think Justin Fields can at least be that if you have the right, you have the right offense, uh, offensive system, and you have the right players around him. So there you go. I thought that was some really good breakdowns as far as it goes with Justin Fields and what Ted you know, thinks about him. And look, if the Raiders were to make a move, say they don't get the guy that they want at 13, right? Or they can't move up in the draft. Say Tom Telesco can't move up all the way to go get a Caleb or go get a Jaden Daniels or some people like Drake May. I'm, I'm not huge on Drake May only because, you know, he's, he's working with Mac Brown. He was coached under Mac Brown and he was a little inconsistent this last year. I know that he's, he's been good. He's been really good. As a matter of fact, he'll be one of the top quarterbacks taken, but you know, I kind of look at Mac Brown, and I, I've covered Mac Brown a long time when he was at the University of Texas, and I just really haven't 
believed in the big time development from him, from the quarterbacks that he's, you know, coached up to, to the next level. That's all. That, and so I know some people are like, why don't you talk about Drake May? I'm just not a big fan. Now, he might end up being the best one out of all of them, to be honest. He might be, I know he's athletic. He can make, he can create plays with his legs. I get that. We'll do a deep dive on him, right? Because I could be absolutely wrong. But I just know that there was games where he was very inconsistent this past season. I think last year he was much better quarterback than he was this past year, if that makes sense. Not this year that just went by, but the year before that, I think that's when Drake May really shine the most. This year he was good. I just didn't think he was great or fantastic or next level, but uh, he's still going to be that dude. And to be honest, Caleb Williams wasn't that dude either. Caleb Williams won the Heisman not this past year, but the year before that. He wasn't that guy this year either. So, you know, there could be an argument meant there. But, look, we're, we'll have this com- quarterback conversation. I'm not going to shy away from it, right? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the quarterbacks, the best uh, quarterbacks that are out there available. We'll talk about the quarterbacks that could be in reach for the Raiders. You know, we'll do a deep dive on Bo Nix and Michael Penix as they're at the Senior Bowl. I mean, we'll, we'll get into a bunch of different scenarios. And if you have a suggestion on someone you want to learn a little bit more about and get a deep dive about, let me know about it, 707 654 Four six nine three. As a matter of fact, your calls and texts are coming up in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about our good friends at eBay Motors and with passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you also find exactly what you're looking for all the time. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money is back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber. You're not burning cash. Shout out to my man, Jason. He does, he uses eBay Motors all the time. Tells me, man, you know eBay Motors you talk about on the podcast? I use it all the time. Jason races cars around Las Vegas. Not literally around the strip, but he, you know, he does it safely. But still, he uses uh, eBay Motors to uh, fix up his car and, and get the parts that he needs. So shout out to him. With all the parts you need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Can you bring home that win, Jason? I'm just saying. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit only, available to U.S. customers. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Went a little long there in segment one and two, so not going to have a whole lot of time to get the feedback. We'll try to squeeze some in as quick as possible. So let's get a call in from old man Pete from the 818. He's calling to talk about the Tom Telesco hire after doing a little deep diving into that man that is now the Raiders GM. Here he is, old man Pete from the 818. Q, this is old man Pete from the 818. Hey, just wanted to uh, to chime in a little bit on this Tom Telesco hire. I know it's not the uh, the sexiest pick, not something that everybody wanted, but it was definitely a very mature and safe pick. This guy basically helped build the uh, the Colts team from the 2000s that went to two Super Bowls and won one. This guy's basically worked for only two teams over the last 20 years, and we haven't had that kind of stability. And I can't even remember when. This guy has put together Pro Bowl filled rosters and from a personnel standpoint has basically done the opposite of what we've done as a franchise. So I think it's a great pickup. Um, I'm looking forward to what he can do as far as putting together some really good teams. And he does a really good job, it seems, 
as far as drafting in the trenches, which is an area that we need to basically win. So I'm excited. I've really talked myself into it, and I can't wait to see what happens. All right, man. Have a good one. Appreciate you. Pete, thanks for the call. And, yeah, he definitely has the experience, right? He's brought plenty of talent into multiple organizations. Obviously, the 11 years with the Chargers as the GM, that's what everyone remembers. But helping put together the Colts as well as part of that front office. And I went through it in segment number one, his accolades and how long he's been in the league. 29 years in the league. Just think about that. 29. That's that's pretty impressive. You know, you don't stick around the league. And I know he got fired with the Chargers, but you don't stick around the league that long if you ain't worth the salt. So, you know, he's definitely flawed, has work to do to prove who he is, but at least he's got that experience. And I think that was one of the big things with Mark Davis. Didn't want to have a first-time head coach and a first-time GM. Didn't want to pair those two together just because they've been there, done that, right? Reggie McKenzie, first-time GM. Mike Mayock, got him out of the, out of the TV booth, first-time GM. Dave Ziegler, first-time GM, right? You know, and, and it just that's, that's just kind of what it is. So now all of a sudden to get, you know, the GM in as uh, – uh, um, uh, Tom Telesco, right? That's 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 saying something right there. That's that's at least he's got some skins on the wall. He's been around uh, for quite a while, right? He's been in the game for quite a while. So uh, yeah, he's got his work cut out for him. But just think that he'll be, you know, he'll be he'll he'll have an opportunity to to, to succeed or at least show how he can succeed. Thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from two hundred eight Raiders. Says, "What's going on, Q?" Hope you enjoyed the head coach search as much as I have. Hopefully AP can get the right staff deployed on the offensive side of things and retain PG. On another note, why did you leave Drake May out in your mentions of possible options for the Raiders in this year's draft? You mentioned Williams, then skip right into Daniels and Penix. Why? May is better than Daniels or Penix, and it's not even close. Arguably even better than Williams now that I mention it. 208 Raider out. Nothing personal, it's just my preference. It's just that simple, right? I mean, you can have your preferences just like you said that that uh, May is better than, you know, Daniels and Penix. Cool. I like Jaden Daniels. I, I like Jaden Daniels more than anybody, to be honest. I like the familiarity with uh, Antonio Pierce. I think that that's a big deal, um, you know, and I, I just I like his style, just like who he is. I like Michael Penix a lot. Watch a lot of Washington football. Love his arm. That's why I brought him up. I'm not going to like everybody, right, as far as, you know, my option. I mean, I can go through every quarterback that's in a draft, and that would be like, okay, that's not very genuine, that's just Q picking everybody so he's right. No, I'm just going to pick out a couple guys that I look at and, and think that, you know, they'd be a good fit with the team. That's all. Just my opinion. Again, it's never anything personal. Just like we ain't no Connell. It's nothing personal. It's just, uh, it's just my preference. And you have your preference, and, you know, Joe Schmo from, you know, Schmoville is going to have his preference. Like, I mean, it just, it just kind of is what it is. Like, everyone has their preference on everything. <laughs> I like Nike. A lot of people like Reebok. Some people like Under Armour. Not to admit, well, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just what it is. It's preferences. It's not that, not that anything's wrong with any of it. It's just what I like. And since I'm the one doing the talking, it's my opinion. And that's why I bring up the guys that I bring up. But that's uh, too many people take it personal and think that I have something against somebody. I don't, I have no agenda. I don't, I don't get paid enough money in life to have an agenda against anybody. Right. I, I try to let it be known that, you know, the Raiders are fun to talk about. They're a fun team to cover. I'm glad in the opportunity that I have. I appreciate being able to talk uh, on the podcast, on the radio station, on multiple radios. I, I love every opportunity I get, but none of it makes me or breaks me, right? None of it makes me or breaks me. It really doesn't. I don't lose sleep over the Raiders anymore. I don't. I, um, you know, I just know that there's more important things in life. I just, you know, went past the 
four year date of my, you know, my son passing. And I promise you four years ago, if one thing really uh, made things abundantly clear to me is that there's life outside of football. So nothing's ever personal. It's never personal. If it is personal, it's something that there's been some kind of harm brought to me or my family. And there's just not, it's not going to happen. So it's, it's never personal. Please don't take it that way. I try to throw as many disclaimers out there as possible, but it seems like it always kind of gets, you know, skipped over and, and, and not heard. So thank you so much for the text. I do appreciate you. And, you know, again, I'm not accusing you of me thinking it's personal, but I just I want to let it be so perfectly known and clear that there is no question. So thank you so much for the text. I definitely appreciate you. Uh, we'll close things out with a call from Big Drew in Houston. He's calling to talk about the hiring of Telesco, speaks on why he thinks a lot of Raider Nation isn't feeling the hire and because of where he's coming from. Here he is, Big Drew out of H-Town. Yo, what up, Q? Uh, this is Big Drew calling out of Houston. Um, real quick before anything, just want to mention, um, you know, my condolences. Every time you bring up Kimani, um, September around week two and then January, it always just it always just hits, man. Um, having a son, it just yeah, it's just a reminder for me to be grateful for for my loved ones, um, and um, always also a reminder for me to pray for you. Always, always pray for you every time that you that you bring them up um, <clears throat> because uh, man, yeah, you're a very strong person and uh, very inspiring. Um, but yeah, getting into uh, this new hiring. Um, feel like a lot of Raider fans aren't really feeling this move and um, I think the biggest reason for it is because he's a former Charger and I really believe that uh, our, our new GM was coming from almost any other team aside from the Patriots and a lot of Raider fans would support it and be behind this move um, when you look at the roster that the Chargers have had over the years it's been a pretty solid a strong roster, and I think most NFL fans and most people around the NFL would agree. The only thing that would, when it comes to the Chargers, they always get hit with the injury bug, or something always comes up, and the Chargers always charge it. That, that's always the case that happens, but they always have a strong draft class, or they've had a pretty solid draft class over the years, and even the free agents that they picked up. Um, anyway, I really, I, I like this move. I really do. And I, it just reminds me of the, the grocery line that you always refer to about the GM bringing in the groceries and the coach being the chef. And if you can't cook, then those groceries aren't going to be worth the salt. And uh, Brandon Staley wasn't a great coach. That's obvious. I mean, he's not coaching anymore. Um, he couldn't get it done. Um, and hopefully we found our future with AP. I believe that we have. Anyway, uh, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, anyway, yeah. Go Raiders. Big Drew out. Peace. Big Drew, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate you. Uh, thanks for the kind words when it comes to Kimani. I would definitely appreciate it. It means a lot. And, uh, yeah, I believe that the, the fact that the Chargers were so underachieving is a big reason. Uh, the last game that he was the GM of the Chargers, the Raiders put up 63 points on him, got Staley, the head coach, and Telesco fired. Uh, that has something to do with it. Uh, you know, not to mention he's not always hired good coaches, right? He has a history of not hiring good coaches, and that's why the good thing is there's a good coach in place. Right, the coach has already been hired in Antonio Pierce. So all he's got to do is work on the talent. He's got to get with AP. He's got to get with other coaches. He's got to get with other front office members. He's got to get with the scouts and figure out how they're going to take the roster from where it is, which is what uh, eight and nine roster, an eight and nine team. That's what they performed as, and build that up more, build it up better, 
and win more games, right? He gets the he's going to pick the groceries along with the the coaches staff, and AP is going to have to cook, and PG Patrick Graham is going to have to cook. And from everything I understand, as long as he doesn't get a head coaching job, he will be the defensive coordinator for the Raiders, and I think that that's important to retain Patrick Graham. So, uh, Big Drew, again, thanks so much for the call, and thanks for the much for the kind words. Definitely appreciate you. Still got a text from Johnny V. I got a, a call from Big E in the 209, a text from Seven Loco. Uh, also got a text from uh, uh, Joby One Kenobi in Arlington, Texas. Got all that that we'll try to get to on tomorrow's show. We'll have some feedback from the press conference that officially will be at 1 o'clock. Tom Telesco introduces the GM and Antonio Pierce as the head coach. And, you know, we'll have more news and notes, of course. We'll have plenty more conversation. I'm sure there'll be feedback as well on the quarterback conversation. And uh, that's in such an important part of, you know, the Raiders and building this roster for 2024. What are they going to do with the quarterback? Who are they comfortable with at that position? So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.